Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to 101 with me, Carlo Sullivan. The podcast where I talk to friends, colleagues and familiar faces all about ones. From one film for the rest of your life and one guilty pleasure to one song that makes you dance. And this episode is something a little bit different. As we are currently in a level 5 national lockdown, I thought it might be nice to hear from some of my friends and our listeners about the ones in their lives. All through the medium of voice notes and let me tell you, we got some great responses. A guilty pleasure. Oh, it has to be. I'm such a sucker for a good earlobe. Is that my drink for life? Could I live without it? Well, I have to because I don't have a choice because I don't have the money. But four euro brown white wine. That's the one. Um, I'm being made to say this. Go on holidays with Ashley. Uh, <laughs> but I really want to get on it with the boys. <laughs> There's plenty more exciting guests lined up for one-on-one this series, when it is safe to do so. But for now, this is one-on-one, level five edition. The idea for this podcast came about when I was working in a local shop and we were working late one night and we were really, really bored. Well, not bored, we had loads of work to be doing, but we wanted to keep kind of our minds going and keep, it was a night shift so we wanted to keep kind of busy and keep our minds awake so we started asking each other oh one film for the rest of your life and one song for the rest of your life and one dinner for the rest of your life and thus one on one was born it was straight away a podcast idea in my mind and I thought there were there could be so much done from it you can look at it from so many angles and I've had so much exciting guests on already from Rankark and Helena Tuberty and Kleena my friend and I have so much more to bring you but unfortunately, we are in this level five lockdown and I didn't know whether to record on Zoom or whether to bring it to you virtually. But then I thought it might be nice just to bring in my friends and bring in the listeners and ask them a couple of questions to see what their ones in their lives are. It's something different and I don't think I've seen it done much before, but I hope you enjoy it. Um, the first question, something that I find difficult um, to do, I think everyone finds difficult to do is pick a movie when you're going to like when you're sitting down at night, go on to Netflix, and you're just like, "Geez, there's so many films, but which one do I pick?" So, with that in mind, what's one film you could watch for the rest of your life? Oh, interesting. Um, one film for the rest of my life. Um, oh, I have it. <laughs> The Sound of Music, hands down. Um, I just think it's a perfect all-rounder film. It's happy, it's sad, it's emotional, it's it's uh, romantic, political. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I could watch Julie Andrews all day, every day. 
So if I had to watch one film for the rest of my life, such a, they are all hard questions. <laughs> this is really hard, but I think it would have to be Clueless. It's just so iconic. You have the clothes, the music, and little Brittany Murphy. Uh, I just love all films like that, but definitely Clueless would be probably my number one. Hands down, Billy Madison, classic. Um, I have to admit, I'm not that much of a movie person, but when I do watch movies, I like them to be kind of based on like true events or not just seeing it because I'm a journalism student, but I love movies like Spotlight or even like Mark Felt, um, just kind of like drama, history movies. I love that suspense. And then also knowing that like this stuff actually happened. Um, so I definitely would say they're my favorite type of movies, but I love horror movies too and thriller. Just anything really that has me kind of hanging on the edge of my seat. I really struggled with this. Um, I love watching movies and series and stuff in my free time. So I thought it was so hard to just pick one movie. Um, so I'm just going to go with something that popped into my head. One of the first things that popped into my head because I think if I overthink it, it will just become too hard. Um, so I'm going to say Back to the Future because... I don't know, I just think Back to the Future is such a feel-good film. You'd watch it, like, whatever mood you're in, you'd watch it. Because I think so many movies you have to be in the mood to watch. You have to really focus. Um, But I think no matter what mood you're in, Back to the Future is perfect. You can be half watching it on your phone. You can be fully into it, whatever. But um, it's funny it's cheesy like it's just i think it's just a great movie so i'd happily watch back to the future as my only movie for the rest of my life the movie that i would watch for the rest of my life if i could only watch one would 100 percent be the first hangover movie without without it's just it's brilliant i love it um the first time i saw it, it was actually when it came out i convinced somehow i convinced my uncle to bring me to it um I think I told a few lies for him to bring me to it. I think I said something about it just being a holiday, three people going on holiday. Be the Hangover. Literally, I was obsessed with Allied from the Hangover. He was my fucking icon circa 2014-15. I literally used to go around all the time being like, it's not a purse, it's a satchel. Indiana Jones wears one. And he literally has that like wheezy laugh that I have. And I was like, oh my God, like he's literally me in a few years time. So one film for the rest of my life would have to be Alice in Wonderland, the original one, my all time favorite. It would probably be The Bridge to Terabithia because I remember it's the first book I ever cried at as a kid. And the film always, I don't know what it is, always gets me. And sometimes you just need something to prompt a little cry. So I would probably say Bridge Share with you, yeah. If I did have to watch one film over and over, it would probably be the Taylor Swift Miss Americana documentary because I just watch it far too often. I have to admit, I have terrible taste in picking movies, so I always leave that, leave that up to someone else. But if I had to pick one, I think it'd be something like the, <laughs> the Sex and the City movie because I just think it's funny and sad. So you're getting a lot out of it. You're getting the best of both worlds. The Shawshank Redemption. Um, for those who know me, it probably wouldn't come to much of a surprise. Even my <laughs> private story is named The Shawshank Redemption. Um, I just really remember when I was younger watching it for the first time and I was just so gripped by the story 
and the narration by Morgan Freeman. I just listened to his voice all day and I'm a big fan of all his movies. But um, it was the plot twist that kind of got me. It was one of the first films that I'd seen with a plot twist and like what a film to start off with. So every time I watch it again, I'm just so gripped by the story. And I just kind of notice something new every time. And yeah, the plot twist in it gives me goosebumps. So yeah, The Shawshank Redemption would be mine. Twilight. I just love it. I love the soundtrack. It gives me peace and serenity vibes when I'm sad. I will listen to the Twilight soundtrack. And the film's amazing. I'm a hopeless romantic, so it fits my persona. I'd have to say like the Batman, The Dark Knight, probably. Just one of them films like I can always throw on. It's my old reliable, like, and just so good the whole film, like. But uh, it was one of like two films that I used to have on my PSP when I was younger, and basically every night I'd throw on a film just to like fall asleep to, and the two films I had was The Dark Knight and Dumb and Dumber, and I definitely wasn't falling asleep to Dumb and Dumber every night with the screeching that goes on in that film. I was going to say The Commitments because it's my favorite film, but. In second thoughts, that would get very old very quickly. So I'm trying to be tactical here and think about what film have I watched that I love that I can actually keep watching. And the only one that comes to mind is the Harry Potters. But specifically, The Goblet of Fire is the best Harry Potter. And anyone who says any different is telling tall tales because it is by far the best one. And I could probably definitely watch it over and over and over again i have watched it over and over and over again so yeah if it's not broke don't fix it i'm definitely going to say harry potter and the goblet of fire and i feel also it's very versatile you can watch it any time of the year but it's also kind of a christmas film it's a bit like that diehard kind of situation where it's not a christmas film but it's a christmas film it's probably less like diehard but it's you so yeah i'm gonna say harry potter and the goblet of fire definitely some unreal answers there from um some of our listeners and my friends i think i agree with the last answer from katie flannery fellow journal of mine it's definitely one of the harry potters i think it has everything christmas magic and i just think i could watch it all the time now in saying that i did watch all of star wars over lockdown number one for the first time ever and I really kind of fell in love with the franchise as a whole but it def I think I still have such a girl for Harry Potter but I won't reveal my answer just yet the next question is so hard because people just couldn't pick one answer um I know myself I'd struggle as well um it's just because there's such a variety that you just don't know which you don't know what to pick really but in saying that question number two is what's one thing you couldn't live without? I literally could not live without my mom. She is literally like my best friend. Literally does everything for me. Like, you know, like I'm so dependent on her. Like I can literally rely on her for anything. I know that is so cliche, but I literally cannot live without my mom. I absolutely could not go a day without my mom. Definitely someone that I just couldn't live without. I'd have to say my mom. Um, I don't know what I would do without my mom. Aside from that, maybe reading or writing, they're two of my favourite things to do and I feel like I would hate to live without being able to do those things. 100% would be music, I just I wouldn't be able to. Um, anyone that knows me knows I just, any spare time I have or any anything that I can do where I can, where music can come into the equation, I would 100% just put in my AirPods or earphones or whatever and listen to music or connect to the speaker. I'm sure all the Iceland workers know 
I like my music, so... So materialistically, I would have to say books. So I just, I can't imagine not having a book to, like, dive into. Like, I don't really watch films and I don't really watch programs, but books are my, like, muse. I always say if someone gave me a book, that's, like, a love language to me. Um, But then non-materialistically, it would probably be the support for my friends, being honest, I know that's so silly, but I really do think it would be the support for my friends. Not even silly, but dramatic even. But no, um, I have gotten through some sticky situations um, with the help of my friends. And even now, if it's something as simple as me getting an article published or putting out a new podcast or whatever... I literally, the second I have it up, I don't even have to tell anyone it's shared about on like 20 Instagram stories. Like, it's ridiculous. Retweets left, right and center. I, I just call, I don't know what I do. I don't know what I do without them. So, yeah, they're the two things I couldn't live without. I'm going to say my cat because in the least cat lady way possible, because he's like a little dot. Uh, love having her in the house. I'm not in college I'm not down in college I'm at home in my home house and I feel like having her about just makes it kind of feel more worthwhile being here not worthwhile but like it just makes it more appealing to be at home um to look after her and just like yeah I don't know I think I'd be lost without you now so I'm going to we can hear her there can you there you go she's there she is now. So yeah, I'm gonna have to say my I'm gonna have to say my cat. It's a bit sad like, but yeah, I'm gonna yeah, cat. One thing I couldn't live without is a good session. Uh it has to be the stove for me. I'm such a cold creator, really, like at heart. And uh, I'm not hardy at all when it comes to the cold. As much as I'd like to be, but um yeah, the stove is a must for me. Music. Hands down. Music is my life. Like I couldn't go I can't go five minutes about listening to music um i listen to music in the car going to sleep while i work while i read while i study while i when i'm in the shower like i i definitely couldn't live without music i immediately thought my phone but then i was like no i could definitely live without my phone um i think the one thing i couldn't live without is music so obviously like straight away what comes to mind is friends or family but um I'm not really sure if I'm meant to take this from that perspective or like a materialistic perspective and I feel like those people are going to say friends or family so I'm just going to take from a like materialistic perspective um so anyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with like smells and scents so I actually couldn't live without perfume um like I will not leave my house without wearing perfume like I always have candles and stuff lit in my room so I'm just obsessed with things that smell nice so I think I actually couldn't live without perfume specifically Alien my go-to scent um, probably my dressing gown because there's just like, nothing else that really comforts me to that extent one thing I couldn't live without would be contacts purely because I wear them every day and they're so practical but if that wasn't if I wasn't visually impaired I would choose skincare my dog Spike. He is a Maltese mixed with a Yorkshire Terrier so he's a tiny little thing and I have to say he's an absolute dote. Yeah it's actually a funny story how I got him as well. Um, a couple of years ago, I want to say about nine years ago, my first dog died 
and she died quite suddenly and my mum swore off getting another dog ever again because of the tears and you know the general heartbreak that comes with losing a dog and then um, it was two years ago we were kind of toying up the idea again of getting a dog and I didn't want to get my hopes up because I always wanted another dog and it sounds awful but as soon as my last one died I just wanted another dog to like fill the void but um, we didn't and then my mum was sending me um, pictures around two years ago college Christmas day actually in second year and I was like oh that dog's lovely or whatever and I kind of knew in my head that we weren't going to get him but I just said I'd reply and then a couple of hours later she sent me the same dog but in a different picture and I was like yeah like I get it you like that dog and then I kind of looked at the background and I was like that's the colour of our sitting room and then I looked at the floor and I was like oh god that's our grey carpet and then I was like oh my god they must have got the dog and I remember I was in Charlie Chapman's like dressed as like Mrs Claus and I was running around the place crying, <laughs> showing people, like strangers, this picture that my mom sent me of a dog. And I was like, isn't he so nice? And I was crying and everything. So, yeah, I went home then to try do my study week and my results came back and they were not as wonderful as I'd hoped. But I spent the whole week bonding with my new puppy. But um, especially during lockdown, yeah, he's been a great company and it's so nice to have a dog during like that lonely time. So yeah, Spike's 100% the best thing. From moms to music and smells and also Spike, we heard from so many different angles what's one thing people couldn't live without there. Um, I can definitely agree on the mom angle, the music angle, the smells angle. Um, me and Clean and the girl talked about in the first episode of 101 about how you can walk into a room and just smell someone and be like, wow, um, it could really turn your head. And also a lovely story there from a good friend of mine, Shauna, about her lovely little dog, Spike. Um, he is a real dog. Now we're moving on to something a little bit different um, from something that you couldn't live without. Well, hopefully it's something that we all could live without, but we do enjoy from time to time. Um, I put it out on my Instagram uh, as well over lockdown to see what some of the general consensus from my following were. And the question is, one alcoholic drink for the rest of your life? And some of the answers we got in were um, to my taste and some weren't. Um, So we have like vodka diet 7-up, gin, lemonade and a dash of lime cordial, lots of ice and some blueberries. Now that does sound unreal. Um, Vodka white, it's it's just such a an OG like if I if it wasn't beer for me like a pint probably a vodka white can't go wrong can you um beer because the variety gin and tonic no hangover I can definitely debate that you do get a hangover after gin and tonic mojitos great cocktail and um, sangria never had and then Guinness came in millions of times well not millions of times but um it was a high amount of people claiming Guinness would be the one alcoholic drink for the rest of their life. Aideen Madden um, said, Cold Heart Guinness Baby by the Gallon. Kieran Dunn, our food done right, great food page on Instagram, says, Torn between a pint of plain and a whiskey sour. Um, pink gin and fond lemon because I'll puke it up and I'll still want more. That's felt like pink gin I drank for a long time, like um, kind of maybe second year college and Oh my god, it's the devil's it's the devil it's the work of the devil. Um <laughs> Pint of Coors is a great answer as well. I do love cold pint of cores. Um 
and then the rest were mainly Guinness, a few cocktails, Long Island iced tea. But it's such a there's such a variety from this answer or this question even. And here's some of what our listeners said. What's one alcoholic drink for the rest of your life? If I had to drink one alcoholic drink for the rest of my life, happy days, um, it would be a simple gin and tonic with some cucumber and you need the ice in there too, ice cold. And I was saying it to my friends, I was like, oh, one alcoholic drink for the rest of my life straight away. Everyone was like, oh, wine, just presumed because, you know, everyone's partial to a nice glass of wine. But I actually think if you drank wine for your whole life, it would be ruined on you. If you had to like drink wine on nights out and like drink wine when you were playing beer pong and stuff, it would be ruined. So I think I'm going to go with a spirit because it's a safe shout. So I'm going to go for gin and tonic because I think gin and tonic is just such a nice refreshing drink on a nice summer day. But you can just drink it kind of whenever. So I think it'd be perfect for all time, like all throughout the year. Um, um, but not pink gin. Pink gin is the devil. Um, myself and Cahill actually will be partial to a few pink gins, but I don't know how pink gin can be so bad and so much worse than normal gin. <laughs> so I think my answer will be gin and tonic, just... Good old gin and tonic. Um, oh, this is such a hard one as well. Like, I absolutely love mojitos. They're so nice. I love them in terms of cocktails. But then if I had too many, I'd have brain freeze. Um, but I love, just can't beat a pint. A nice cold pint of Coors Light or Rock Shore or something like that. Yeah, I definitely, I think a pint. I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to live without a pint. I am partial to a gin and tonic but I think the one drink I missed the most over all lockdown was pint of Heineken and I just could not wait for it so I don't think I'd ever be able to go all of my life without ever having a pint of Heineken again I'd love to say Guinness like when you're out with the lads and you go for a few pints of Guinness like there's nothing better but I don't know each pint is like a dinner you'd be so sick for it after a few so maybe I'd say Corona like you can start on Corona, you can finish on Corona. Like you can drink it the whole way through the night. It's so light, and you can put lime with it as well and stuff. So it's just easier drink. Guinea. One drink for the rest of my life would definitely be a cold pint of Orchard Thieves, hands down. Now this one. So when I thought of this one, I was like, hmm, what cocktail? But you know what? No, it has to be. It has to be the four euro. Literally, it's not Pinot, it's not Chardonnay, it's not a Sauvignon Blanc. It is literally just white wine from Aldi. Just white wine. It's all you need. Just four-year-old, old, reliable white wine from Aldi. And if something happened and I did turn into someone a bit bougie, I I do love a Sicilian sour. I do. I have to admit, I I love a good Sicilian sour. But... Is that my drink for life? Could I live without it? Well, I have to because I don't have a choice because I don't have the money. But four-year-old brown white wine, that's the one. One alcoholic drink I'd have for the rest of my life would probably be Sex on the Beach. I'm very much a kind of cocktail gal or a sugary alcoholic drink. I'm 100% sold. Sex on the Beach just gives such a nice kind of vibe 
and like I love Copperberg and all that but it would make you quite bloated whereas Sex and the Beach I just down them like there's no tomorrow and what I love about Sex and the Beach is you could have about eight and then they just catch up on you and you're absolutely fluted but like you could have them with dinner you can have them with the girls or if you're having like even sophisticated drinks I feel like Sex and the Beach kind of is in that category somewhere but yeah I remember my first um, Sex and the Beach was at the fifth year Debs and it was kind of like a frozen Sex and the Beach and I remember tasting it and back then it was called a John Duggan after one of your teachers and I was like what is this drink and they were like oh John Duggan and I was like this this is the drink and I was mesmerised by it I could probably go for wine like a Sauvignon Blanc or something because I like to be able to drink with dinner and I don't I don't like beer enough to pick that but I wouldn't drink like a gin with dinner oh I would have to have white wine probably Captain Morgan and Coke, I'd say. It's just, it tastes like it's, it, it's a nice, it tastes nice. Like it, it is nice, um, has a nice taste to it. Like, um, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really drink much, um, of a range sort of, of alcohol. I'd only really have like say pints of Heineken or, um, maybe cider, but like you, like you wouldn't be able to drink one of them. Like you won't be able to just drink one on its own for the rest of your life. Like you'd feel very, sick your stomach would feel very sick over a night of like just pints so definitely captain morgan and coke if i could only have one alcoholic drink for the rest of my life this is a very easy one for me i would 100 percent every time go with vodka i can have vodka any time of the day it slips down mother's milk i could have it in my cereal it is i can no problem to me not a bother i feel like it's it's trustworthy like you know it's not going to deceive you it's not going to have you in a bad way and I feel like every other drink that I consume um does the dirty on me so yeah I'm gonna have to go with vodka even though I do have what I call the seasonal changeover so that's in winter I love nothing more than a hot whiskey so how I would make that if anyone's interested is you heat the glass and then you put the spoon in and then you uh, put the water in first and then optional sugar I don't have any sugar and then the uh, whiskey and then cloves and lemon and it is just gorgeous like it is the best drink ever for Christmas like it's just just for winter warms you up warms the spirit warms the soul beautiful but if I had to just go with if I had to go into my head go with one I'm just going to say vodka because she's just so versatile you know like does that mean a single drink could it be like I don't know, like gin, and then you can make gin into whatever cocktails you want. <laughs> like, and does that mean I can't have, I can only have like one kind of wine? I couldn't have red wine, rose, and white? Like, I couldn't have just wine in general? Oh. Okay, I'm just gonna pretend like it, you can get, have one thing and then you can make it into loads of things. So I'm gonna say tequila. Because you can do tequila shots if you're really in the mood for that. Or you can have margaritas. You can make it into some gorgeous cocktails. Yeah, definitely. Definitely tequila. This is really hard, but I think one alcoholic drink for the rest of my life would have to be a sex on the beach. Because they just hit different every single time. One drink now would have to be a sex on the beach. It literally just screams sun, sex 
and good times and good memories. Literally, I'm clinging on to that hope now of sun, sex and sea after COVID-19. I think we can all agree with Chloe there saying she's clinging on to that hope after COVID-19 is no longer a threat. Um, Sex on the Beach is an OG cocktail. Um, It takes me back to Portugal last year. It's me and the girls and we're in the sun drinking ice cold sex on the beach. Like, where else would you rather be? Um, It's just a very, very easy to drink cocktail and they always go down quite well. Moving on, something that I think is so important in life is to have a few guilty pleasures. Now, some people say they don't believe in guilty pleasures because if you enjoy them, that's your own, that's kind of off your own bat. Um, If you enjoy them, it shouldn't be guilty. Um, put this out again to some of our listeners um, some of the responses we got were absolutely crazy and then some I'm just like yes definitely agree um, before we hear through voice notes some um, texts we got in smelling my own farts <laughs> I think everyone's um, I think everyone like not enjoys their own farts but they're able to smell their own ones like they don't aren't so repulsed by their own the crown never seen it but definitely want to get into it i don't know if it's much of a guilty pleasure because everyone's watching it um hannah montana songs yeah best of both world really slaps sometimes um it is hannah montana songs are absolute quality um pickled onions yeah can get on board with that neon jungle for anyone who doesn't know who neon jungle are Jessica Plummer, who's in I'm a Celebrity at the moment, was a member of Neon Jungle and I was <laughs> the game. Oh, anyway, you have to watch I'm a Celeb kind of to get the joke, but she, they were asked where she placed highest in the charts and she was like, two, oh, number two, but ended up being in the Scottish charts and I was cringing. But um, yeah, Neon Jungle is someone's guilty pleasure. Riverdale, it's so bad, but I'm too invested and far too into it now that I can't stop. Footballers, who... <laughs> Who's guilty, like who doesn't have footballers as a guilty pleasure? Um, Taylor Swift, but only her country albums. I'm the furthest thing from a Taylor Swift stan. I dislike her a lot. Not her person, I just don't like her music. Glee, I think we've all seen a fair amount of Glee in our, life, uh, in our lives. And even if you haven't seen the TV show, you're probably partial to one or two of their songs. ABBA came up a lot, which... To me, isn't a guilty pleasure because I'm absolutely adore ABBA and Mamma Mia. The movie like just is top notch. And keeping up with the Kardashians, never really got into that either. But I'm sure a lot agree out there. So now to hear from some of our listeners, what's one of your guilty pleasures? My guilty pleasure. I don't know if it's actually if I'm actually feeling guilty about it, but I recently and when I say recently I'd say probably this year but probably the start of this year so like January or February I just randomly got really 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 into baby pigs pictures of baby pigs and videos of baby pigs and I know it's like people like teacup pigs but like I've liked I don't know how many I follow all the pages like my discovery on Instagram is little pigs you know, and I feel like half of the, I feel like apparently there can't, there isn't such thing as a teacup pig, so they're just, they're just tiny pigs. And I don't agree with them either, but I'm just saying they're gorgeous to look at. Like I, like if I actually just went into my discovery now, I'd have a pig dressed up as a duck. I'd have a pig in a teacup. I'd have a pig on a table. I'd have a pig, just pigs really, to be honest. They brighten up my day. People send them to me. My friends send them to me when they see them. They're just adorable. 
Have you ever seen a baby pig asleep on a flower? No, you should go look. It's because it's adorable and it brightens up. It brightens up my day, to be honest. I'm yeah, like I'm not. It's not so guilty for me, but like it's it does clog up the feed, but it's worth it, I think. Um, so that's probably my not so guilty guilty pleasure. My one guilty pleasure is probably those like crappy, stupid Netflix films that everybody like rips the piss out of, like. Kiss and Booth or To All the Boys I Loved Before or Emily in Paris. Like I just enjoy watching those sappy, cringy, rom commy kind of things where like even the acting is cringy. And I know like the storyline and everything is just so cringe, but I just enjoy them in that moment. Like long term I don't really like I don't look back and say, Oh, I'll watch that film again, but I'll watch it once and I will enjoy it that once I watch it. And I just kind of want to watch them on my own because I know if anybody sits down with me, they're going to be like, why are you watching this? And I know they're bad, but I just want to watch them for like the hopeless romantic in me because I'm kind of there for the romance kind of storyline that's going on in it. Nothing else really, but yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. I don't have a guilty pleasure. We went through this. I, I don't have one. So my guilty pleasure, and I know that Cottle will back me up on this one because I think we both share this, is... You know those satisfying videos of like people cutting up soap and stuff? Me and Cottle get like so much pleasure out of like breaking up animal bars and work. <laughs> so yeah, that's that would be mine. I'm not really sure if this is a guilty pleasure or not, so it mightn't even be that much that guilty, but anyways. Um I love Taylor Swift. I think she's so good. I know she's so unpopular. I think you either love her or hate her and I feel like some of my friends love her, some of my friends can't stand her so um, I think she is a bit of a guilty pleasure in a way because she is disliked a lot but um, I actually didn't like her at all for so long and then about two years ago maybe um, my cousin would be a big fan of Taylor Swift and she was going to the concert and her friend actually won tickets on a radio show or something, but she already had tickets to go. So she sold the tickets to me and my other cousin for like really cheap. And I went and like, I didn't really know that many of the Taylor Swift songs, but I was so impressed. She's actually a phenomenal performer. And um, yeah, ever since I've just really liked her, I'm actually like, I love her new album. I think she's really talented. So yeah. She's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> a guilty pleasure. Oh, it'd have to be. I'm such a sucker for a good earlobe. <laughs> I can't even explain why, but I'm such a sucker for a good earlobe. I'm definitely going to sound so weird for this one, but I love popping blackheads. I love it. Like, there's something so therapeutic about it. And like, the weirdest thing about it is it doesn't even have to be my own. Like, I would go up to someone else and if I seen one, I'd be like, oh, I can help you with that one. But, uh, like, I draw the line at spots now. I wouldn't pop someone's spots or, you know, that'd be sick. Like, but blackheads, definitely. 100%. Come to me. I'm your guy. And <laughs> people are going to think I'm so weird, but, no, I'd say there's probably a few closet blackhead poppers out there listening. One of my guilty pleasures is popping spots, especially on Brian's arse. 
I don't know how this this will be taken by some people, but my guilty pleasure is watching earwax removals on YouTube. I just I I don't know what it is about it. I just love I just love seeing I don't I just just love seeing something so disgusting just go back to what it should be and be clean like I'd, I'd i'd often just find myself like sitting there for half an hour just watching two minute clips embarrassed about this but one guilty pleasure would be um watching 90 day fiance it's absolutely trash tv but i just think it's very funny and yeah i love it um one guilty pleasure i'm going to go with the saturdays Sorry, that guilty, to be honest. I, I keep up to date with the Kardashians. I keep up with the Kardashians. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I do. I just find them so fascinating because their lives are just so bizarre in comparison to ours. And the amount of money they have just baffles me. So yes, I do keep up with the Kardashians. I follow them on Instagram and I always know what's going on in their lives. <laughs> um, I love picture this as well. If Christine is listening to this, I know she'll kill me for admitting that. But I I listen to picture this when I'm alone and stuff. So that's another guilty pleasure that I can't tell my friends about that I like picture this secretly. One guilty pleasure would definitely be TikTok. Um, I could spend several hours sitting watching TikToks, um, and yet still have a master TikTok dance. So reality TV, anything reality TV. I remember watching Jersey Shore years ago when it first came out and oh my god loved it and then you had Geordie Shore and like I still I don't really admit but like I still watch like Made in Chelsea and stuff like that oh if and when I turn it on in my house they would be going mad <laughs> my guilty pleasure is very bizarre but it is delicious and I will emphasize the saying don't knock it till you try it so sometimes I'm a celiac for anyone who doesn't know. And after nights out, I can't really get like, you know, the Supermax or the McDonald's or the Chipper or whatever. So whenever there'd be like a shop open late, I used to like crave like something savory, you know, like nice or whatever. So one day, I don't know. I don't know. It was like, I don't know where this came from, but it was like an epiphany. It was an epiphany. I got a packet of ham. And a packet of cheese and onion crisps. Now you can switch it up and get salt and vinegar. But I just think cheese and onion works best with the ham. So you get a slice of ham. And then you, I don't smoke. But like imagine if you're like rolling a rolly cigarette. And you crush up the, the crisps in the like slice of ham. And roll it up and eat it. That's my guilty pleasure. And I, yeah, it's divine. It's divine. Don't knock it till you try it. Well, I can certainly say there was a range of different guilty pleasures in that one. Um, from baby pigs to earlobes, Jesus, to satisfying videos. I think we're all partial to a few of them. Blackheads, spots. No, not for me. And then rollies made of cooked ham and crushed up O'Donnell's crisps. Where else would you get it? Um, only on one on one, and from my friends, especially um, the greatest friends, though I must say, something we heard a lot about in one thing you couldn't live without was music, and I definitely couldn't live without music. I'm constantly blaring it, whether it be musicals, disco, and then just all round like kind of bops, so anything that'll get me out my seat. 
I'm mad, Fergal Boogie, and I certainly miss um, hitting up Soho or Mixer dance floor these days. And this kind of inspired me to ask, what's one song that makes you dance? Uh, this is such an easy one for me. It has to be Temperature by Sean Paul. Like, it's just such a boppy song. It always just makes you want to get up. But uh, I think I've loved it since when I was young, like my auntie. If she was ever bringing you anywhere in the car, if, like she was minding me, like she used to hammer the shite out of like Sean Paul in her car, like the whole time. And like any time, like you know all them words that everyone else like mumbles through in Sean Paul songs, like she'd be going red in the face, like chiming them all out, like you know, just it that just pops into my head every time it comes on, and I just love it. One song that makes you dance, Will Smith getting jiggy with it. Like I could say Whitney, and I dance with somebody, but that's just like. Everyone's go to, um, but I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say that, even though I just did. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm still standing, Elton John. Oh, I just <laughs> you can never know what it's like. I just it just makes me so happy, and yeah, it makes me want to groove and get up. And I'm actually raging because I was thinking about an answer to this question and straight away a song popped into my mind so I was like oh yeah definitely that's a good one and then I was listening to Cahill's first podcast and he actually said that this was one song for the rest of his life so he stole my answer but anyways still gonna go with it so um one song that makes me dance is Dancing in the Moonlight um I just have so many good memories with that song like I feel like any time I've had a good time that song has been involved. Uh, it just reminds me of specifically a spe- one specific day, um, third year of college, the rag week Wednesday, we were in stables and DJ Party's playing this song and we were just having such a good time. And I just had such good memories of this song. I just feel like Neve Walsh always played it, so shout her, her song. So I feel like it's always played when we're drinking and just having a good time and it just makes me dance so much I love it so so many songs make me dance but right now it's definitely WAP I can't hear that and Plains MIA that song makes me want to get up in front of everybody bust in the middle of that dance floor and shake my bum to that song I love ABBA and I love Madonna so if you put the two of them together you get hung up which is unreal I can't wait until I'm out again in George and this comes on and just lose my absolute shit to this song. Yeah, by Usher, hundred percent. Just just the start of it. Everyone, I'm sure everyone's the exact same. The start of it is just you could literally just be sitting down, feeling down, and you just hear it and you just get up and you just start dancing. So one song that makes me dance. I have so many possible answers for this. Um, oh, I'd have to say everybody dance by Chic, one of my favorite songs ever. Every time I hear that song, it just cheers me up so much. It makes me want to dance. Um, Small Town Boy, Bronsky Beat, um, anything Donna Summer. I just love 70s, 80s music. Anything from that era, I will be dancing to. Um, just anything upbeat, happy, groovy. Love that kind of music. Oh, cool. don't start now. I do remember liking hearing that on the night out. Quite a while back at this point. One song that makes me get up and dance would be the remix of Ava's song Gimme Gimme Gimme. So there's m- multiple versions on YouTube that either songs that are remixed just give me like news to life. I'm obsessed. 
one song that makes me dance would have to be and I feel like it's the most generic answer that you're going to get but I think Give Me Give Me ABBA is obviously a banger like it's a classic I don't think it's like the universal get off your arse and get to the dance floor song and I think that's goes without saying but I think a remix as well is good I know the boiler room of a good remix but I feel like ABBA Give Me Give Me yeah definitely that is a contender also though when I'm thinking back to the last few times that I was on the dance floor uh, for though for though it was dancing to the likes of like I don't know like I don't want to be too niche now but like if you were in Limerick let's say and you were in like a late night venue and zombie came on like you couldn't not go out head bang into it like it would actually be offensive to be honest not to so I'm gonna have to say that and I think as well like a bit of Maniac 2000 or something like that like the real boppers like the things to be dancing to when you were like a teeny bopper I think they are the absolute like a bit of Sean Paul you know um, I'm not saying I like them I'm not saying I'm proud of it I'm not saying I listen to them on the bus but if it was on in the nightclub you'd have to like you know one song that always makes me dance and it's mine and my best friend's go-to song um, when we're pre-drinking is Mojo, Lady Hear Me Tonight. Um, in recent times, it's been Romeo and Juliet by Martin Salvage. And the reason is because every time through COVID times I listen to it, in the lyrics it says we should be dancing. And every time it comes on, I'm like, we should be dancing because I'm like, we're missing out on so much time that we could be out dancing somewhere. Um, so that one resonates me with resonates with me at this point, at this moment in my life. But then another one, my hype song almost that I like to say is like if I'm like, you know, doing a workout or something and I need that little bit of oomph, it's the Alex from Glastonbury, Tiago Silva with Dave. But it's not even Tiago Silva by Dave is already such a good tune. Love it. Um but the Alex from Glastonbury version is just, there's something about when he just is on stage and he's like, let's go Glastonbury. And he has so much confidence. So I'm just like, yes. One song that makes me want to dance anyway is 100% Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody, even if I'm just sitting down and that song comes on. Like I just kind of automatically flinch or something. It's just in my bones to dance to that song. I'm obsessed with it. Well, it's safe to say there was a few floor fillers in there from ABBA, Gimme Gimme, mentioned twice. It's the most iconic song ever when you're in a nightclub and that comes on. I think everyone just hits the floor and the remixes are great and ABBA's original and the Mamma Mia musical version and the film version. You actually can't go wrong with a bit of Gimme Gimme. Um, Paper Planes, MIA um, brings back such childhood memories of me in primary school with and my friends Jack and Liam and Rowan my twin and just watching Slumdog Millionaire and hearing Paper Planes and then it becoming such an iconic song in my kind of later teenage years when we're like in a club and that comes on. WAP, who could, like, you couldn't say one song that makes you dance and not mention Cardi and Megan's WAP. It's very, like, um, I don't know, hip thrusting, we'll say. Um, yeah, by Usher, another floor filler, like... When you hear that first piece up, Big Town, yeah, oh, you just can't help but like kind of bob the head. I want to dance with somebody mentioned last there. Um, I don't think anyone could listen to that song and not get up out of their seat or even feel a little bit more happy or happier. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a few great songs there. And as Aoife Finlay mentioned, Dancing in the Moonlight is my one song that makes me dance because, I don't know, it just brings me back to a place, a, a place that is my, my own bedroom, my home, and where everyone filled my bedroom at my 21st at the afters. And we all filled the room and just danced on the bed and dancing in the moonlight played. And it was just a time in my life when I was just peak happy. We move on now to something that is very close to me. And it's very, I suppose, important to me because these people are my friends and the people I love in the world. And this question is one memory with me. And I actually couldn't help, help but like kind of almost feel emotional listening to some of these answers. So... Um, from my friends, what's one memory you have with me? I would probably pick your 21st. I'd say so. Just so, so much happened that night. Like just, I'm, I don't know if you remember, you were probably extremely intoxicated at this time, but we were at the bar and it was me, you, um, Aoife, Becca, and I think Stephen was there. I'm not sure, but Aoife had just ordered probably her 97th, 98 and 99 Jaeger bombs of the night and Neve Brown gave them to her and she didn't want to give them to her at all and Aoife just decided to slip up and spill all of the drinks all over herself and she didn't get up she just decided to lie down and just sit there like a turtle and I literally remember looking across at you and I just could not hold in like tears <laughs> even now it's just brilliant um, going camping and we did not want to go but it turned out to be the best thing ever one memory with you um, I'd go wholesome and go with Lizzo maybe yeah I'd go with Lizzo my memory with you is when I'd be finished work and meet you coming from working in news talk and we'd be get the train home I usually hate seeing people on the train home because I have to talk but every time I see you I don't mind <laughs> And I remember meeting you the day that Gabo died. Oh, I have so many. It's so hard to pick. Um, I always remember one time we were walking from the library to the stables, like after being in the library or I don't know, we had a lecture or something. And Carl, you typically set up your phone on the wall and was like, come on, we're dancing. So we literally just started doing like a full dance, like not prepared or anything. Like the two of us just started dancing in the middle of like the courtyard basically going up to the stables um and people were walking past and everything and the two of us were just i'd say we must have been after an exam or something but we were both so giddy we weren't even drunk we were just so giddy and excited that we were just dancing we didn't even care um we have loads of memories like that we're always dancing doing stupid stuff together um yeah coming to my house as well when i used to live in drum row in first year after like lectures and we just like put on tunes and we dancing around the sitting room the best of times it would have to be the time we snuck. We got, we were met each other in Robbie G and Angel Lane. It was like fresh years of second year. And we were like, fuck this. We're going back to Lauren Myers. We're getting into city campus. We were like, the campus will not let us in. Fresh years. Like, we were sneaking in. We got out of the taxi. We bolted. We were like, oh my God, where's second year block? Where's second year block? We ran to the second year block. Literally, the two of us screaming. Sorry, do you know Lauren Myers? Where does Lauren Myers live? And then Lauren being like in her balcony. Oh my God, I can hear Chloe and God like, oh God, that was one of the most funniest things ever. Mentioned to the 21st, my my debut night in BL City, 
best night ever, Brocken on the decks, and then he cousin up dancing, best tunes ever. Willie Dunn on the on the dance floor, going to mixer for the first time. We rocked it. One of my favorite memories with you guys when we were at a tram stop in Budapest, and we were having a great time. I was recording on Snapchat. You know, saving, bottling my memories. And we were singing Dua Lipa. But when this part of the song came on. You did like this impromptu half turn, like slayed it. And it just makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> it's a good time. I'm not even going to pick like one specific memory. But I'm just going to pick kind of one time period. Um. So last year I was on placement for co-op and I used to commute up and down on the train every day and it was just pretty miserable like it was horrible as commuting is but um then I remember Carl said to me he was going to be commuting to his placement for co-op as well and like obviously I've always been quite friendly with Carl but when we started doing that commuting together it was just we became really close and it just brightened up my day no one I'd have someone to have chats with and have a laugh with on the train and it was just really nice and I always think back um that the mornings were always made that bit better because I had someone to have fun with so yeah so this took me so long to find a memory with you that is not inappropriate <laughs> but um it would have to be you and Ronan's 21st birthday it was the best night of my life the best party I think I've ever been to it's going to be so hard to top that one memory with you and it's my absolute favorite memory that we've made together so far uh, so backstory we met when we were both doing our internship in news talk and yeah my favorite memory with you is dancing with you at the Christmas party last year and you know, hands down one best dancer of the night hey, one memory with you would probably be the Debs I remember the night you asked me to the devs on Facebook Messenger. My first instinct was to open your message. Like, obviously, I was going to say yes. I was never going to say no. But I wanted to tell my mom. Like, I really wanted to tell my mom. And she wasn't at home. And she was in work. And I was ringing her and ringing her and ringing her. And she wasn't answering. And then she finally did get back to me. And she was like, what is wrong? And I was like, I'm after getting asked to the devs. And like I was telling her I was going more so than asking her, could I go? I just wanted to give her the heads up before saying yes to you. And then she was like, oh, that's grand. Like, go on about your day, <laughs> whatever. Like, that's fine. And then I got back to you and you were just like, OK, there's just one thing. I have a navy suit. You can't wear a navy dress or like try not to wear a navy dress. Obviously, it wasn't going to be a big deal if I wore a navy dress. But you were like, they're just going to clash. And I was like, OK, not a navy dress, not a navy dress. That's fine. And a couple of weeks later, obviously it went in one ear, out the other. And I went shopping and I tried on this dress and I was like, oh, mommy, this is, this is it. As if it was my wedding dress, like the pure excitement of my first dibs, I will never forget. And um, she was like, oh, lovely, grand, we'll get it. My mum happy out that the first dress I tried on was the dress that I was getting. And then I was like, oh, no, I can't wear navy. I can't wear navy. But I already had a bought and I was home. And then it turns out I was asked to another Debs that year anyway. So I was like, Mom, that one has to be this this other Debs. It can't be the Portage Debs. I can't wear navy. So then I went to bought the other dress then. But then just going over to your house, I remember I was so nervous. Even though like I knew you, we're childhood friends. I like I wasn't nervous in that perspective, but I was just like, I don't know what to expect tonight. Like, do I look okay? Like, am I dressy enough? And you were just like, 
you look amazing and then I just completely like all my fears went away and we just had such a nice night. I'm going to pick the first memory I have with Cahill and it's not because it's the best memory because Cahill is hilarious around the clock and I think having him on Snapchat and just I suppose being a running commentary on what's going on in college is highly amusing like he has definitely a career in this in this type of thing but I'm just going to pick the first time because this is when I knew that Cahill meant business so Cahill we had our co-op interviews and Cahill had one with News Talk and he came into class and let me tell you he was suited and booted so he was strutting in in and out and everyone was giving him compliments like all heads returning and like our lecture was giving compliments and he was just the pinnacle of snaz really and I was like do you know what I it was just the first memory it just like set the tone for the boy that is Cahill now it mightn't be my best memory or my funniest memory but I think it deserved honorary mention because it was my first impression we'll say and it was a very good one so there you go Cahill <laughs> I suppose the most interesting one I'd say is the first time we met so as you know I wasn't out at the time so I had to book off time from work I had to lie to my managers and the lads I worked with and I told them that I was going up to Dublin to meet a girl called Rachel for a Tinder date. And then uh, when I was on the train, like, I was so nervous because I'd never really met up with lads like this before and, like, you knew people that I knew, so it was, like, really real. And then, you know, getting off the train, then I hadn't a clue my way around Dublin, like, me would take Egypt from Roscommon, like, had no idea. And you trying to ring me and tell me, go this way, go that way or whatever... I hadn't a clue where I was going and then eventually I just seen you in this yellow jacket we basically just bumped into each other and I suppose the rest is history then there's too many <laughs> but maybe my Debs you came to my Debs and you barely knew anyone <laughs> because I went to boarding school in Thurless so you didn't know anyone you had no mates but you you made mates and you had the best time ever and we all danced the night away and then we went to an after party and it was just one of the best nights ever um so yeah I'd say that might be one of my favorite memories either that or I don't know if you want me to tell this one but when you came out to me that's probably my favorite memory but I don't know if you want me to say that yeah in a field in (laughs) the middle of an electric picnic my favourite memory with Carl, I think this, <laughs> there's so many. First of all, there is too many, too, too many, too many, so many not suitable for this podcast. But my favourite, favourite memory, Trump's going to Budapest together, Trump's doing a college radio show together, it Trump's all of them, is... Oh, there's actually two. Okay, well, the first one is, I remember it was the day before EP in probably 2018. And I was going with Cole and all his friends and our other friends. And I went up to his house. And the day before, Cole actually came out to his parents. So um, that day, then, then I stayed up that night. And then the next day we went to EP. And I remember, obviously, it was a huge moment in Carl's life and it was a huge thing, you know, to be a part of. Um, 
and there would be moments throughout the festival of anyone who's been to a festival and will know there's moments where you don't a lot of the time you don't have signal and suddenly you'll get signal and you'll have 20 million texts being like where are you or whatever blah 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 but every now and then we get call would get signal and he'd just stop and he'd read this text from some member of his family that told him how much they loved him how much they accepted him no matter what and we just cried i think i i think we were probably the most emotional people at the festival we there was just tears of joy and it just brought it back to when me and Cahill first met. Cahill turned to me one day and we were we were probably known each other a week. And Cahill always says to me, he he picked me. Um and whenever we have an argument, it's don't make me regret picking you, Nikki. Um, but we have we're best friends since orientation day of college. We just clicked. Um we were never seen without each other around campus and I remember one day, it was in the very, very, I think we'd known each other a week, and Carl said to me, um, you know I like guys, and I said, cool, me too, because I do, and so does he, and I just didn't really think anything of it, and then after that, it was it was only a while afterwards, like Carl actually explained to me um, how much that meant to him that I just didn't even make a big issue and then I was looking at this amazing person in front of me that I was so lucky to find or be picked by as Carl likes to say and I was like how could he ever think that that would make be an issue for me and then seeing it come around full circle to him you know coming out to his friends and then his family and like just I think it was at an EP when I was looking at him and he was kind of finally understanding how amazing and accepted he is for the whole of him you know he doesn't have to hide anything and I think that over all the drunken nights and the stupid mistakes and the college memories and Buddha and beyond I really do think that is my favorite memory because it was just so 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 wholesome and I'll treasure it definitely forever um Wow, uh, I don't really know what to say after hearing all those. Um, yeah, somebody passed the Kleenex, I suppose, is fitting. But I can't even, I'm a bit speechless listening to all those back. And I have the best friends in the world, as you can all imagine. Um, um, yeah, as Nikki and I suppose Anna mentioned as well briefly, coming out of something that in a way you shouldn't really have to do in your life and nobody should have to do it but look we're um, faced with this battle and this hill to get over and we do it with only with the support of our friends and family and those who love us around us and no matter what you think the outcome will be I'm sure it will always be better because I didn't get my hopes up I said no everyone's gonna this that and the other everyone I'll change in everyone's mind and I didn't it was something that I will never forget doing it was one of that it was probably the hardest thing I did do in my life and no matter what friends and family love you and they're there for you and um the fact that Nikki was just so I suppose chill about it and even in the middle of a field in Hendricks campsite at Electric I remember even getting signal and then 
I went and found my my girls from home and we were in a tent and it was pissing rain and very, very over the limit. But I showed them all the messages from aunts and uncles and cousins and loved ones saying how much they loved me and how much, I suppose, they supported me and didn't change their my, their view of me. I showed my girls from home this message, these messages and we all just roared crying well in the tent like and we were it just was such a it sticks out in my mind so much and then of course I said right I'm off I gathered myself said right I'm off headed to some DJ or some some act and left the five girls um sitting crying their eyes out over me and I was gone typical me fashion kind of always looking for a boogie um like on a lighter note stuff like the Debs my 21st with Ronan was just such a high point in my life as well as going out this just it was just peak like happiness with all my friends but no it was just such a good night I don't even know how to describe it if you weren't there you missed out Um, we do know how to throw a party here in Portish Um, yeah some of their memories just bring me back to such happy places in my life and hopefully soon we'll be able to recreate some of them memories again once COVID-19 is no longer a threat. And that brings me on to my final question for this episode. What's one thing you'll do when COVID-19 is no longer a threat? There's so many things I want to do when COVID is over. Perform on stage again, go, go on a night out, actually hug my grandparents. <laughs> But I think the main thing I want to do is I want to finally go and visit my brother in Canada. Um, He's lived there for five years now and I'm the only person in my family who hasn't been to see him. So yeah, I think I think that's definitely top of my to-do list once COVID is. Bye-bye. Something I will do when COVID is no longer a threat is go to a gig. I cannot wait to go to a concert i literally went from last year like every second weekend going to a concert or sometimes two weekends in a row to this year like nothing my last concert was a year ago and i'm just not able so i can't wait drink a load of pints listen to live music i'm living for it um I'm being made said this go on holidays with Ashling, uh, <laughs> but i really want to get on it with the boys <laughs> First thing I want to do, aside from drinking and everything, is to give my grandparents a big hug because I haven't got to hug them in so long and I still see them quite regularly because they live like behind my house but I can't go near them. So that's definitely like the first thing I want to do and then after that get so pissed drunk with all my friends and just go have a great time and forget everything that happened. And I think probably the same as a lot of people just i love to travel just go somewhere that isn't ireland and obviously this summer it was so nice to travel um around ireland and see places you probably take for granted a lot of the time and just would forget about but still um cannot wait to just hop on a plane and go somewhere different um this summer i was actually meant to be going to Vietnam for a month volunteering and I was meant to be going to a wedding in Portugal so I had so many nice things to look forward to um, as I suppose so many people did so I just can't wait for hopefully 
to get to do those things someday when we can again but um yeah so I think that's the one thing I'm really looking forward to doing a bit of travel not really sure where it'd be first on the agenda but somewhere nice somewhere warm (laughs) when COVID-19 is no longer a threat I will definitely 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 travel a lot more there's loads of stuff i'd love to you know like everyone is probably saying like they'd love to go to the pub and like love to go dancing and whatever drinking with their friends and everything but i think the thing i'm looking forward to most is like not being scared of other people if you know what i mean like i'd love to be able to like shake someone's hand or like even like i haven't hugged my granny in god knows how long like i haven't been into her house just that them like little things of like you know, oh, you can't meet up with them, like, you don't know who they've been with, like, or, you know what I mean, that kind of sense. Like, I can't wait for, for that to just die off, like, it's so overdue now at this stage. One thing I'll do when COVID-19 isn't a threat anymore is travel, 100%. I was so lucky to get to go over to you in Budapest just before all this kicked off. Um, So travel would be a priority to me in terms of saving my money. It's also one thing I want to do. I know everybody probably will say this, but like just have a massive party with all my closest family and friends. Like if I was mega rich, I would actually throw a festival, you know, all your closest people, because obviously we, we missed out on festivals this year. Um, And I just think festivals are the best way to bring everyone together, everyone like family and friends. Happy days. Thing I'm going to do post-Covid is I'm going to dance. I'm going to see people. I'm going to meet people, but new people. Like, I'm going to talk to that person at the bar or I'm going to, you know, make the the small talk with the lady behind the counter or whichever and, like, appreciate all the tiny little day-to-day things of little bits of social interaction that we haven't had. But mainly, I'm going to go to the pub and dance and drink and laugh and not worry yeah i'm so excited for that one thing that i will do when covid is no longer a threat go to a very very crowded foundry i think traveling and more so traveling it would be going to australia i'd say definitely going to australia because um my auntie's out there and i haven't been on my own well obviously i haven't been on my own because i'm only 20 but like I've always wanted to go back. I haven't been there since I was 13, like, so, and I always have wanted to go back when I was, um, like, an adult, but a young one, a younger one, like, can go on my own. So definitely when, you know, COVID clears off, hopefully a vaccine comes through soon, um, definitely go over, say, probably over the Christmas holidays for college or, because, um, you know, the way the seasons would be reversed, probably go over for Christmas holidays and, yeah, or even if I had more time off that I could go for two or three months. And- thing I'll do when COVID-19 isn't a threat is travel. I know everyone's kind of in the same boat with um, the wanderlust kind of biting away at them. But the first place I'll probably go is over to England to see my grandparents. My nanny and granddad on my mum's side are alive and well, thank God. And I'm fortunate enough to have them. But I just kind of realised with covid that in the past I used to make up excuses, or not even excuses, but like, you know, genuine reasons with like matches or training or school, college, work. And I never just made the time to go over there. And I suppose now with COVID, um, it's been over a year since I've seen them. And like, they're such a huge factor in my life. And I do miss them a lot. 
but I just kind of realised that I shouldn't really take them for granted and I should go over there more. So when the opportunity arises that COVID-19 isn't a threat anymore, you will see me booking a flight over there. COVID-19 is over. I'm booking a one-way ticket to EOS. I'm staying there. I'm buying myself a little apartment. I'm falling in love with a Greek man and I'm going to drink sex on the beach. One thing I'll do when COVID is no longer a threat. I, well now, do you even need to ask? Like, I think everyone's going to be going to the pub. Pints, pints, pints. I don't even drink pints, but pints, 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 I think, to be honest. um, No, I think just going going out is going to be a massive one. I don't think anyone will ever do a dry January again. I don't think we'll ever turn down, well, we probably will now, to be honest. It'll be the second weekend out and we'll just be like, now nah, you're grand. <laughs> but... No, I just think, yeah, I think going out and actually like having drinks and stuff like that. And actually the cinema for me is a big thing. Like I'm not, I'm not like massive into the cinema, but like you'd miss it when it's not there, do you know? Um, and even like our travel plans, I think everyone had travel plans for summer and they got scuppered. So that's also annoying. And even like coming up to Christmas, like I would normally go over to Manchester to see my uncle and stuff and like go to the Christmas markets there and yeah it's just not the same I suppose being at home stuck at home so yeah I think the first thing people are going to do is probably book flights and get into the pub um so yeah that's 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 where I'll be if anyone's looking Katie I think I'll join you for that one thank you for listening to one-on-one Again, this podcast is only possible because of you, the listener, and it was so possible this time around because of my friends. And although we were in a level five lockdown, we still made it possible. If you like the podcast, please like it, review it and rate it. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And I hope you'll join me again soon for another episode of One on One. This podcast is brought to you by Collaborative Studios. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.